0: Welcome back to another episode of the Nate Knows Ball Podcast. We have a very, very special guest on our show today, one of the greatest to ever do it, fresh from Italy, Giulio Pettimicchi Pettinati. We're honored to have you uh, coming in from Omaha, Nebraska. Giulio.
1: Hey everyone. To hey Nate, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited for this opportunity and looking forward to talking about some sports with be here today
0: yeah it should be a good time i think no better place to start with a big time match in your home country this morning um the milan derby in the champions league semifinals looked like it went 2-0 to inter i believe it was the third straight time inter has held ac milan scoreless i saw so it looks dangerous for our boys at ac milan i know they got a small piece of our heart after we attended a game earlier this year, but I don't know if you caught the match, but I want to get your thoughts on the the Milan Derby.
1: Yeah, you know, after after going to the game, uh, experiencing San Siro uh, last summer with you, uh, just having this opportunity to see these these two teams playing such an important game and having the chance to make a run into the Champions League final is pretty special I and mean, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be at the stadium for this game right here today and then also next week um, in the same stadium again. Um, it's been it's a pretty special both for Serie A and I think Italian soccer in general. Um, so.
0: it's, it's the last year of the San Siro too, right? I think I read that that yeah. they're knocking it down after this. So this is like one of yeah. coming some of the last games ever there.
1: Yeah, yeah it's uh it's a pretty old stadium. I mean, as you saw when we went, that's uh it's a pretty run down. I mean, it has some great history and it's been there for I don't know how long, but many years. Um but fortunately, I think the the city's just decided to move on and kind of start Building some new stadiums, I think, for both teams. Um, so yeah, this is good. I'd say a good way to end uh, such a such a long history for such a great stadium that have its two big teams and uh, such a heated rivalry. Uh, go at it and such a big game. So
0: yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I feel like it's it's a storybook ending to such a, like historic stadium. But uh, yeah, I was telling I was telling our boy. Our boy Marmot, I said he's got to get out there. I it's going to be one of the craziest games ever. And, yeah. You know, he wasn't budging. Uh, I know. I was trying to sell it all I could. Like, I, we should be getting, getting paid by them. I feel <laughs> like I, I feel like we gave a great pitch to so why you should go.
1: No, definitely. I mean, anyone who's, who's in Italy, I mean, it's too late for the, today's game. But uh, especially for next one, I highly recommend it because it's, uh, it's not every day that you get to see. Again, such a huge rivalry in such a historic stadium, um, on such a big stage. So, you
0: think AC Milan has a chance to come back in the second leg, or is this over?
1: You know, it's. I think so. It's it's so weird with it being two teams at like playing in the same stadium. Right?
0: Yeah, I mean, technically AC Milan was the home team today,
1: but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's going to be interesting seeing. Um, how that works out because obviously i uh, in a normal normal matchup you'd obviously be switching stadiums um there'd be some some changes with that um but here it's back to the same stadium same crowd same fans also same atmosphere
0: the fans the fans are different I, I didn't learn this today but like because today was an AC Milan home game like AC Milan had like they had the priority for tickets so it was like mostly wow. a mostly a red and black crowd today
1: Okay. And I assume it will
0: yeah. be mostly blue. Next leg,
1: for the for the second leg, sure. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, still, uh, same stadium again. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I'm sure it doesn't doesn't happen very often in the Champions League, um, and in soccer matchups in general. I'd say so. Uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a rare thing to happen. I think it's very, it's cool that it happened, obviously, last year at the stadium. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the truth is, and you can correct me if you disagree with me here, but I think whoever wins this Milan Derby is just setting themselves up to lose to Real Madrid or City in the other matchup.
1: Yeah, I mean, those other two teams, uh, uh, I don't know if you you got to catch a game yesterday, but to... uh, two pretty historic teams and uh i don't know
0: if you can call city historic i mean they're great now but
1: yeah no 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 history
0: that's that's the downfall of the city
1: but great offensive tactics i'd say two great goals yesterday um both uh pretty sure from outside the box um
0: yeah i i I didn't watch it live but i watched both the goals were pretty crazy
1: yeah some uh FIFA, FIFA-esque fifa uh, goals, so we'll see. I mean, you never know with Champions League again, um, but I'd definitely say that whoever comes out of this side between AC Milan and Inter is gonna have a tough road um, to winning it all, and especially in this next match matchup, regardless of who comes out from the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think to my knowledge, like soccer, I will say, although I agree, and I think AC Milan or Inter, whoever comes out, is gonna be a pretty big underdog coming into the champion in the final, regardless of who wins the other matchup. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in soccer, like it's one of the biggest, especially like in a one game setting. Like no, and it's not over two legs like it is in other rounds. Like there's a lot that can happen just in one game, just because there's so many like tactics and strategies involved. But definitely yeah. when it comes to a pure talent standpoint, they're gonna be the underdog. Mm-hmm. But yeah who do you like um, between
1: city and real madrid um
0: madrid was home for the first leg in the one yeah, draw
1: that's uh that's the one reason i'm kind of leaning towards man city is having that uh, home field advantage for that second leg but uh i don't know it's that's uh, going to be another great game um again, both uh both great uh great coach teams have uh, great offensive tactics and uh it'll be interesting i i want to lean towards Man city but i could easily see real madrid kind of pulling off that um that upset on the road uh, in this next game
0: yeah i mean it's a tough one to call i'm gonna i think city's gonna win i think it's their year i think they're gonna pull off the trouble too i think they're gonna i mean they're pretty much have the premier league in their hands at this point i would, Arsenal's fell falling apart completely, and I think they'll beat United, who's also now struggling a ton for the FA Cups. I think they get the trouble. I think they get it done, and I think Pep finally cements his city legacy with the Champions League win. But it is hard to count out Real Madrid because I feel like, especially since Ronaldo left the club, and obviously they were phenomenal during those like last years with Ronaldo there. But I feel like since he's lapsed, I mean, they've just kind of been counted out because you're like, oh, it's not the same like flashy Real Madrid team, but they won. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won the Champions League last year and they might have won one more. I don't remember exactly, but they're a team that regardless if they won at all, they've been, they've upset a lot of good teams that were supposed to beat them on paper. So it's hard to count them out, obviously. But I do think City is the more talented squad and at home, I think they're, they will get it done.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. Tend to agree. Um, can never count Real Madrid out, um, but, but in terms of talent and uh, um, and star power, I'd say Man City definitely has the um, the advantage uh, when it comes. I mean, to really,
0: Real so. Madrid's third in La Liga too, mm-hmm. so maybe they they got all their focus on the on the Champions League.
1: Yeah,
0: Some could say that, yeah. but City does. I mean, yeah, City's top of the table now with a game in hand too. So that's pretty much over. Arsenal really choked that. I mean, they really fell apart, and I feel like you kind of thought they were gonna fall apart, but
1: oh, was yeah, and, uh,
0: it would be a, a better showing than this.
1: Yeah, it just it puts a smile on my face whenever. <laughs> Got some good buddies who are Arsenal fans, and uh, really thought it was their year this year, and uh, they just find a way to choke it here at the end of the season. So it's. Uh, unfortunate i mean i would have would have liked to kind of see a new face at the top of the premier league but yeah
0: i mean cities won what three three four in a row Mm -hmm. or yeah liverpool won one in there i think they won three out of four with liverpool winning one at Mm -hmm. some point in there liverpool making a push for top four now too
1: yeah
0: i sort of become a a bandwagon united fan in in honor of lucky luke recently i declared them my team after I forget when when, but at some point this year I declared they're my team because if for for a while I rooted for Leicester after they won their title, however long ago that was, but mm-hmm. I think they're gonna get relegated and I'm not invested enough to root for them in the championship, so I jump ship to United, because also obviously United the most, most hor- uh, like storied team in the Premier League history, but I think they're at an interesting place where they're like. They're still good. Like they're going to be competitive, but they're not like unbelievable, like City or Liverpool or those teams that have been dominating lately. So I'm joining to get them back, back on the back on top. And I think hopefully my fandom will push them back to the elite territory. But I'm sorry, I'm starting to get worried because they're they're yeah. really they've lost two in a row. Liverpool is kind of getting hot again, and they're up. They're still at one point with an extra game in hand. So they still control their own destiny, but they're really trying Mm -hmm. to fall apart, and let
1: Liverpool catch them. Mm -hmm. You never know when you got Nate on your side, and And Lucky uh, Luke,
0: and and Lucky Luke, and Lucky (laughs) Scarves, and we got a lot going
1: for us. (laughs) Yeah, you never know. Those are three big, uh, three big components you got there. Uh, So definitely pull something off when you got those three on your side.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that they, they stay up top four, but we'll see. But uh, speaking of luck, I want to transition to the NHL draft lottery. I know neither of us are big hockey guys either, but Blackhawks jumped up to number one. Looks like we're going to get Connor Bedard. And as much as little as I know about hockey, all I've heard about all year is that this guy is supposed to be an all-time great. They're like They say he's pretty much a surefire as a prospect as Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid. So the guy's a stud. I mean, I haven't watched, I watched his highlights in like juniors or whatever, random, I don't know what the different hockey leagues, but some hockey league that he's in, like he's really good. Like this guy's, this is the type of franchise cornerstone that we need to turn it back around. I know we were fortunate enough to get three championships when we were younger, Kane, Taze, all those boys. But mm-hmm. I think we're I think we're back. I think Blackhawks hockey's back now that we have kind of <laughs> Redard.
1: Yeah, Nate, as as you said, not big of a hockey fan, but from everything I've heard, this guy's supposed to be pretty special. So um I think uh it's been uh it's been a while since uh Blackhawks have been on top. Um we had those uh three years, three glory years uh when we were younger and then kind of dropped off these past few years. But it's uh it's it's always good to see, especially as uh, as we are big big Chicago fans. Um, so whenever one of the big Chicago sports teams does as well, and you can't help but but root for them. So we'll see. Uh, sounds like this guy is the real deal. Um, yeah, so I feel like it's it's pretty rare to see um when uh, one team gets the first first pick and all the big news channels are already saying oh. Blackhawks win uh, the rights, uh, to drafts, the uh, so-and-so, so.
0: I mean, it's crazy. You see, they sold like two and a half million in, in ticket sales immediately after they won the lottery too.
1: Really? Wow. I didn't see that. That's crazy.
0: Wait, it's crazy. This guy, I'm all in. I think the Blackhawks <laughs> are officially declaring the Blackhawks back championship contenders. I'm ready. I'm ready to go, but I will ask <laughs> you this, Julia. Um, did you see the rigging allegations? Of the no,
1: I, I do not.
0: So basically I can give you a quick rundown of what, what happens. Basically, okay. I believe in the NHL, they pick uh, like the ping pong balls and they like show the process, right? Like the NBA, you mm-hmm. just see the envelopes, but like the NHL, they show them like picking <clears throat> and whatever. It's similar to the NBA where they got down, they got down to top three. It was the Blackhawks, Anaheim and the Columbus Blue Jackets. They cut to commercial and you're like okay well like we'll do the, the final drawing whatever when they come back and they immediately break from commercial and they just say Columbus has the number three pick who oh. was supposed to be the Black, like the Blackhawks had the third best odds so like the default would be the Blackhawks got the three so they didn't mm-hmm. show anything and then they, all of a sudden Columbus just has the number three pick and then the rest is normal and the Blackhawks get the first pick so pump mm-hmm. people are saying it's a little fishy they didn't show how the third pick got selected after doing it for the other ones but it's tough to say if it was rigged. I mean, there's two arguments. I think one, it was rigged. That's the easy answer. The other Mm -hmm. answer is it's not a live drawing. And they told the TV network before that Columbus had the three and they just didn't execute properly.
1: (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I mean, uh, somewhat related. I know I'm a bit behind on this, but I was watching, uh, the series, uh, winning times on HBO Max uh, a few weeks ago, and they were, I think it's the second episode or so when they're picking, uh, to see who goes first. They have the the coin flip, um, and oh, yeah. it's uh, between, uh, I think it was, what was it Chicago and uh, Los Angeles? Um, and it's pretty crazy to see how things have kind of changed in that uh, in that aspect. I mean, just uh, twenty I, I, years I, I ago, I
0: think it's it like every year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like was...
0: NBA. I mean, at least like, off the top of my head, there's like multiple I can think that were like probably rigged. I mean, the mm-hmm. the Patrick Ewing one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have ever seen that video, but like they're fueling around the envelopes. There was a legend that they they made one. They made the Knicks one Colts, so they knew which one it was. Uh, the Derrick Rose the Bulls. I don't know what happened, but the whole thing's a little fishy. I mean, I was happy that we got him. I mean, like, looking back on him, but
1: of course, mm-hmm.
0: the the hometown kid going to the team with one percent odds at the number one pick just mm-hmm. seems a little too good to be true. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, you never know what goes goes on behind behind the curtains. You know, uh, this is uh, these teams got a lot riding on these uh, young, young prospects, and uh, being able to kind of pick some of these guys can turn the 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 future of a franchise completely around so i wouldn't be surprised if there's uh more that than meets the eye when it comes to these uh these uh draft processes and um it's uh it's interesting yeah.
0: so with bedard being a black hawk and us getting that everyone picking hockey does this mean victor rambenyama is officially chicago Bull and will win that nba <laughs> draft lottery as well <laughs>
1: Yeah, hey, I, I sure hope so. That'd be pretty incredible.
0: Uh, I think the lottery's in a couple days, in the NBA too, so we'll we'll know yeah.
1: soon. Yeah. First pick for the big Chicago, three big Chicago teams. Uh, that'd be pretty incredible. I know, I know the Bears traded it, traded it away, but still, uh, they had it at one point. So.
0: Yeah, I mean Chicago sports are back. I mean, sweep <laughs> the number one picks. I mean, Chicago's back. Uh, that's championship. That's title town. <laughs> it's uh, not the pretty way to become title town, but it's, it's the way you got to do it, you know? Just go from the bottom up.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: Where do you think, uh, outside of the Bulls, obviously, what team would you like to see get the number one pick in the NBA? In the NBA? Um, that's a
1: good question.
0: No, hmm. I'll say the number one, like the best odds are Detroit, San Antonio, um, Houston, uh, Charlotte, I think, is down there, Washington, hmm. but they did change it like recently, so like the odds aren't as crazy. Like the, the top team is only at 14%, and like the Bulls are at like two, but like it's not it's not as big of a difference as it used to be like dallas has yeah three percent chance at it which is like kind of nuts orlando's down there indiana portland
1: yeah i mean i wouldn't mind detroit um kind of a weird pick but with my with my boy jay and ivy being there you know I mean, yeah purdue legend young, huh? young squad yeah one of my uh one of my Big time, uh, big time players, especially last year, going to Mackey and seeing him in person. Uh, uh, always got a special place in my heart for him, so wouldn't mind seeing Detroit getting that one and building that, continuing to build that roster because they got some good pieces there. They might and, kill the uh, Bulls
0: then, though. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go up against Kate Ivy and Wemby every year for the next, yeah, however many years.
1: I'd be pretty scary. But... But I, I, I think
0: I would like the Spurs. I think that's a Spurs. great. I mean, they're not going to be good right away because they don't really have that many other pieces there. But I think mm-hmm. that would be a great, great going away gift for Pop to let him coach him for a couple of years before he retires. One more, one more European great for probably the greatest coach ever. So I think that'd yeah. be fun to see. Obviously, I think from a competitive standpoint, I think seeing him in Dallas or in Portland to team up with a good guard like Luka or Dane would be cool to see.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Portland, I would like more than Dallas. I sort of feel bad for Luka because I just think they're such a poorly constructed team and there's like not a whole lot they can do about it, which is with the way their salary is tied right now. But Dame's 33 and Luka's like probably 23 or something, 24. So Luka's got some more time to Figure it out. Dame, Dame hmm. deserves a gift for one last run in Portland if he wants it.
1: Yeah. Also, even even Charlotte would be interesting with Lamelo. They'll they still suck. It doesn't. Out.
0: Charlotte's that's just the team but, that it it doesn't matter who they have. They're gonna be bad.
1: Yeah, that duo would be fun to watch, so Lamelo and Victor. Uh,
0: but they could be good. I don't know. Yeah. Lamelo also yeah. hasn't played a whole lot in two years. I mean, yeah, I feel yeah. like I guess he played last year, but this year he was out pretty much the whole year.
1: Mm -hmm. who else is i don't know it'd be be fun to watch i
0: guess the pelicans could jump up in theory Mm
1: -hmm.
0: i think because the thunder teaming up with chet the thin (laughs) towers, that'd (laughs) be awesome
1: (laughs) that'd be a scary scary sight.
0: thunder would that would actually be the most from like a experimental value i think that'd be the most interesting to see how those two could coexist Mm
1: mm-hmm they honestly, I mean they play
0: it. pretty similar games. I mean, like they're different, but like they're both huge, lanky stretch bigs. Yeah. So, having two of, them, two, two of them, two mean, two of them's unheard of.
1: hmm
0: But it should be interesting. Yeah. Um I even if the Bulls don't get number one, I would really love to see us jump into the top four. Because we can lose our pick to Orlando if we don't get up, up to the top four.
1: Mm. Yeah, what uh yeah. what do you think is kind of the best uh best route for the Bulls here? I know that uh same same squad now here for uh past two years and got into the playoffs, haven't been able to do much first round ex or last year first round exit this year didn't even make it out of the play in. But do you think yeah. uh if you were kind of the GM here for the Bulls, what uh what strategy would you use?
0: I'm a big proponent of I think the Bulls need to accept their losses and blow it up. And mm-hmm. I think here's the thing. I think they brought in uh Carney Sovas and he made a ton of moves right up the gate. Like he made the Vucevic trade, signed Lonzo, signed DeMar, made all these moves to make us a good team but not a great team. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even know if you could say good. I mean, it seemed good for the first half, half of the season that it happened and it's kind of been a mess since, but I think it was a quick fix that made us competitive, but it was really just patching up holes on a team that never really stood a chance. And I think really the only way to do it, unless you just get a big break with like an only free agent signing or whatever, but you gotta, you gotta start from the bottom and build a foundation. And I think, Although I think Levine's a good player and like, I think Damar's a good player. Like at the end of the day, I just don't think that core is good enough to compete for a championship. And obviously they gave up picks in the Orlando trade. I think this is the last year we give our pick to Orlando if I'm not mistaken, but I think, I think we just got to start from the bottom and like, it sucks because we've been like mediocre pretty much since Derek Rose got injured, but also like, that's the worst thing you could be in the NBA in terms of making a title contender. So I think we finally have to just blow everything up, get a hard reset, like really suck for a couple of years, which is, which sucks. But I think that's the only (laughs) way to to actually make us fix this team entirely.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate. I I really thought we had something going there when uh, we got that big three with uh, Vuc and Levine and Damar. I thought we kind of turned the table there.
0: I was never a believer, and I might just be a pessimistic fan. But I thought the ceiling of that team was like whatever year like Atlanta Hawks when they like were the one seed, but then lost in the second round. Like it was never going to win multiple playoff series. I think that was the ceiling of that team. Yeah. But I want to congratulate you too on uh, Alex Caruso, the first first ever (laughs) Italian American on the All Defensive First Team. That's a that's a big accomplishment for you.
1: Yeah, AC, man. He's uh making uh, our home country proud. Uh, it's not, I mean, having an Italian basketball player in the NBA in general is uh, pretty rare, but the fact that he's able to make it to the... Do you know—he's Has he played team,
0: for the Italian team at all? Like the national team?
1: You know, I'm not sure. I don't think so. I feel like I would know if he had, and I don't, I don't believe so. I don't think I've ever seen him wear the that a uh, blue Italian jersey before so I don't I don't think so. I, it's, a, it's a
0: pretty blue jersey it's, it's so
1: yeah, I don't know if maybe he's not fully attack Ital- like I don't, I don't
0: know I don't know I <laughs> feel like the rules are pretty flexible now where it's like if you have any kind of connection to yeah. a country you can pretty much play for them mm-hmm. maybe will the next like Olympics or whatever I mean he also hasn't been good for that long I think it's part of it too awesome. like I don't know if he's been on he's been like good enough for like the last like major tournament
1: yeah because people
0: i mean i guess sometimes like people play for the world cup like i think there's a world cup this summer but mm -hmm. i feel like basketball people pretty much only care for the olympics
1: yeah yeah i don't know because i mean italian basketball doesn't never been all that great so i feel like even when he wasn't i guess in his prime he probably was still good enough to be on the team
0: um i don't know i mean it was pretty i mean until he got to the bulls i mean I don't know. I guess when he was on like a, on the Lakers still, but that's the only he's only really been in the league for like four years, four or five years, I think.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. He's still pretty young, but yeah, and yeah.
0: yeah, we'll see. It's a big accomplishment for you, so congrats. Uh, other basketball thing I want to touch on before we get into the playoffs here: sure. uh, Bronny James finally makes his commitment mm-hmm. to USC. In my opinion, it was a little anticlimactic because I feel like he waited so long. Like he was one of the last recruits to make his commitment. And obviously, mm-hmm. like, he had that attention on him because he's LeBron James's kid, so he's always going to have that attention on him. But I was kind of thinking he was going to do something a little more off the beaten path just because, like, I don't know. I was like, oh, maybe there's a reason he's waiting so long to make this commitment. But he kind of made the decision that everyone thought he was going to make all along, committed to USC, uh, joining up with Isaiah Collier, which is the number I think number two now, number two player in his class, uh, they should be a fun team. It should be interesting. Staying home with LeBron, basically. But I don't know. What, what do you think about it? Were you surprised with the commitment? Or, and how do you think USC is going to look next
1: year with Brownie on the team? Yeah, you know, I, I guess, as you said, it wasn't all that surprising. Um, a lot of people were kind of expecting it. Uh, the thing I've been thinking about is I know the, that you're in I think it's decided 2024, um, USC and UCLA going to be joining the Big Ten. Um, so that'll be interesting. I know a lot of people thinking Bronny will probably only stay one year, but that odd chance that he does stay longer, having him uh, join the Big yeah, Ten, uh, that could be interesting. Make, it's going to make
0: the trip out to West Lafayette. I, I bet Bronny yeah. James has never been to West Lafayette in <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's probably It's pretty unlikely, but that'd be pretty special being able to see him in, uh, in Mackey. Uh, you know, who knows, maybe LeBron courtside. Uh, be be pretty cool experience. So, yeah. Well, uh, that's kind of the, the main thing that jumped out to me when he made this decision, being a big, well, big 10 fan myself. With
0: that outlook, is this just optimism that maybe he comes and plays at Purdue, or is this saying you think he might be a little overrated, not really a one and done type of prospect?
1: <sighs> you know, my initial thought was just seeing him at, at Purdue, but as he said, uh, there's been a lot of hype around him, and I don't know. Uh, I think the name on its own is probably going to, it's definitely going to help his odds of um, getting drafted uh, sooner rather than later, but I would honestly wouldn't be all that surprised if he does uh, stay longer than just one year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how how it pans out, how his freshman year goes, and how he plays. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he stays longer.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a weird situation because, like, obviously, like we said, he has the last name James and the first name LeBron, so he's gonna have attention on him regardless of how good he was. But I do think he earned. I mean, he was. I think he finished this year as like the twenty something best prospect, and he was a five star recruit which he initially wasn't he was a four star for a while was an all American. And I think, obviously, some of it's earned, but obviously, he's the most I mean, I think they like said he was the most valuable like NIL athlete ever by like a significant <laughs> amount. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't expect me to even take that many NIL deals because his dad's LeBron, who is probably a billionaire at this point. But yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's hard to not think he's like slightly overrated just because of the name. But also, I've watched him play. He's very good. And I think he will mm-hmm. be good at USC. And the question is if he's a, like where he's rated, he's not necessarily in like a one and done prospect, like surefire area. It's like if he mm-hmm. plays well, you could see him jumping up to be a like, lottery pick, end of the lottery. And it's supposed to be a relatively weaker draft class too. So he definitely mm-hmm. has the room to jump up, but like he's not like a. Bona fide star NBA player by any means and not to say he can't be like I don't want to put a ceiling on him, obviously. But he's not like a surefire NBA prospect, I think he certainly has the potential he's just that's not who he is. So it should be interesting to see how his freshman year goes like you said, I mean he's in a pretty loaded guard room too. I mean they've got the number two player in the country who's a guard who obviously will play over him, I would mm-hmm. assume and then they brought back Boogie Ellis. Who was certainly guard the last couple of years on that team. So I mean it's gonna be a crowded guard room. I think all three of them will probably end up starting and they'll run like a three-guard rotation, which should be fun to watch, honestly. But I definitely think there's a chance he's not more than the third or third is probably best case scenario option on this team. So it's like how good can you be as a third option enough to like showcase that you're ready for the NBA? So it should be interesting. My prediction. Is that LeBron is going to want him to go back to college for at least another year? Think? I think everyone's like, "Oh, LeBron's saying he wants to play with Bronny. Like this is his goal. Like that's that's all he cares about." Mm-hmm. I predict Bronny will be good, but not incredible. Like not like not supposed to be like a top lead NBA pick right out of the gate. And I think LeBron's going to want him to go back to school. Yeah.
1: No. I mean, I'm. I was just thinking. I'm really feeling for the usc coach here because that's got to be a tough position to be in and you have uh, one of the most uh, followed prospects i think probably in your history um yeah i mean there's gonna be still the most some question on
0: usc for that they've had probably ever in yeah, terms of basketball still,
1: still some question marks around them so it'll be interesting to see how he how he deals with that um see how many minutes he plays brawny see how he 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 uses his other cards, and it's uh, it's gonna be tough for him, and uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and, definitely uh, an interesting
0: situation. I like their coach Andy Enfield. I think I think he'll do a good job. We'll see. I mean, the Pac-12 is not gonna be that good. Mm-hmm. I, I think they'll be the favorite to win the Pac-12, just based on the other players on their roster as well. But it definitely is an interesting situation to see unfold. Um, yeah. But we can speaking of Brownie, we can talk a little. Bron, NBA <laughs> playoffs. Um, Lakers now up three to one on the Golden State Warriors. I want to ask: one, do you think the Lakers will get this done? And if yes, is this the end of the Warriors dynasty?
1: You know, I th- I think so. I think the the Lakers are going to get this done. They're going to move on. Um, as big of a surprises as as it's been um i think they will and in terms of the golden state warriors it's tough it's tough to tell i think i think the core is probably going to stay um i wouldn't be be surprised seeing steph curry there for another few years clay thompson sticking around same with draymond and i think if they are able to keep those three main guys then i mean it's pretty easy to build around those, those guys. Um, but it's, uh, it's definitely, I think these playoffs have definitely exposed kind of the lack of help that those three guys have have right now. Um, especially even right now. I mean, play hasn't been playing all that great. Draymond's so-so I'd say. So Curry's definitely been having to kind of shoulder most of that load and he's he's done it pretty well. I mean, he's been playing pretty incredible uh, on these playoffs, but um, if they do want to keep it going, they're definitely going to have to find some, some help um, for Curry and and those guys. So I know Uh, you you being a big, uh, big Lakers fan uh, and big Bronny fan or LeBron fan. uh, I'm sure you're, you're pulling for him to move on, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I am. I, would say, I wouldn't say I'm a Lakers fan. I would say I'm a LeBron fan who is rooting for the Lakers because LeBron is on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But I do like, I mean, obviously my boy Rui's on the team too. Of I course, like Anthony well, Davis, Chicago Davis, right. Chicago kid. Mm-hmm. Like the lining Walker is great story. There's a lot of reasons to root for the Lakers. So I, I, that is who I'm rooting for. And I do think they will get it done. I think in six, I think Golden State wins the, one more home game and then the Lakers get it done, which scares me a little because... It was kind of like in Memphis. It's like, oh, you drop game five, and then if you do drop game six, that's a lot of momentum going into game seven where then all of a sudden it's a tied series again. But I do think LeBron's never blown a 3-1 lead in his career. And knock on wood, I don't think this will be the first one. Although the Corgi on TikTok, I don't know if you saw that TikTok. The predict, oh, I like, oh, Corgi okay, on TikTok, be... he predicted exactly. He's, he's four, four for four so far in the series, and he predicted Golden State to come back. So that Ooh. has me a little nervous, but
1: okay.
0: I do think the Lakers get it done. But I will say, like what you were saying about the Warriors, that like it's not it's easy to build around their big three of Curry, Draymond, Clay. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem for the Warriors is it's not Curry, Claymond, Draymond anymore. It's just Curry. I mean, I think <laughs> not that yeah. I think I don't think Clay and Draymond. I think they're still very good NBA players. Like I'm not I'm not trying to disrespect them in any way, but I think. At this point in their careers, both of them are more role players than all star level players, like they were when the Warriors were winning what, three out of four? I mean, obviously, they still won last year and they, they're still a very good team. But I think last year, the difference was play. I mean, they just were one. Everyone was a year younger, which helps. But mm-hmm. Jordan Poole was playing at an extremely high level last playoffs. And this year, he's been pretty much unplayable for most. Yeah, of the time. super
1: inconsistent. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, I mean, Wiggins has been good this year too, but I think Wiggins last year obviously was an all-star and played almost every game this year. He's missed some time. Obviously, sad story, like it was personal reasons why he was not playing, but I do think him not being on the court just means he isn't in the same like form and shape he was going into last year's playoffs. So I just don't think it's the same level of team that they had last year. I mean, I think they're missing a lot of, they don't have a lot of, I think one consistent thing with like the previous Golden State championship teams were like good vets that could pick up the minutes off the bench. And mm-hmm. I think this team is a lot of inexperienced guys that aren't really ready for that moment. I mean, outside of like Dante DiVincenzo, it's I'm not sure Kaminga and Jordan Poole honestly are guys yeah, that can handle playing in these spot minutes and like ready to go in the playoffs. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Got Gary Payton in there as well. So they do have Gary Payton game. back. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, i just think they're i think they're in trouble i think yeah. even if they even if they do manage to come back and win this series i don't see them winning another title and i do think it's, it's going to be an interesting off i mean it's not over yet so i'm not going to say it's a time for offseason talk but if they do lose hypothetically speaking it'll be mm-hmm. an interesting off season and look at draymond who's a free agent how to approach that when they're already paying max money to almost four other guys with Curry on a max, play on a max, and Wiggins and Jordan Poole awfully close to max contracts themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, speaking of the Lakers, uh, second, this whole AD situation has been uh, been pretty interesting. I mean,
0: every other he, game, Davis, you mean?
1: Yeah, it's especially when he's arguably, I mean, aside probably Curry and LeBron. Um, the most dominant player on the court, I would say, just in terms of size, especially when Lakers are running just Draymond as their center. Um, I have I've I really struggled to figure out why, especially in that last game uh, towards the end. I mean, he was barely touching the ball. I don't know if it was due to fatigue or if he, he was kind of just checked out. Um, but what have you kind of seen from their strategy in terms of using ad i mean uh if i was their coach i'd be getting it to him every every possession um but it doesn't seem like they've they've been doing that as much um you have any any thoughts on that
0: yeah i mean the Anthony Davis situation is super interesting i mean obviously a very polarizing play over the last couple of years just with him missing all the time that he has and not being, I guess, not really living up to expectations since they won the championship in 2020. But mm-hmm. during this playoff run in particular, uh, I mean, he's been really, overall, I think you could say he's been really good. But the whole, like, disappointing game, pretty much every other game has been just, like, kind of odd. And especially in this series against Golden State, they really don't have anyone that can guard him. I mean, that Looney, Looney is too slow to guard him. Draymond's too small to guard him. So they don't really have an answer for him. But I do think part of it is just, like, I mean, I think part of it is just, like, conditioning where, like, he's missed so many games. He's not, like, his body's not prepared to play 44, 43 minutes in an NBA playoff game, you know. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. I mean, is although he's had off nights shooting, and I think the Lakers are going to have a very difficult time winning if he's not their best offensive player in a game. Like, I do think, as much as I like LeBron, Anthony Davis has to be their best player for them to win. And I think that's the reality, but I will say, I think he's clearly shown in this playoffs, despite it not being a hundred percent of the time. I think he's shown why he was in that conversation with other great bigs, like Giannis and and Jokic for years before this. And I think he's without a doubt the best defensive player in the NBA. I think that's unquestioned. Like it shouldn't, although like, yeah, he hasn't won a defensive player of the year, I don't know if he's won one ever, but at least in recent memory he hasn't won one the last five years. At least I can't, I don't know. But like, but that's mostly just been because he hasn't played enough games to like be considered for an award. But I think without a doubt, he's the best defensive player, rim protector in the NBA. And I think if he can pull, if the Lakers go on and win a title or even make the finals, like, if he plays at this high of a level, just like a little more consistently, he could be in that conversation as a top five player in the NBA, or at least for sure top 10. And yeah. he was in that no, discussion his... for a while and it's, he couldn't stay on the court, so people kind of forgot about him.
1: Mm-hmm. His defense in these playoffs has been pretty remarkable, I'd say. Um, unfortunately, that those inconsistencies on the offensive side have kind of um, prevented him from really reaching his his peak i'd say but on the defense you can't say any more good things about what he's done in terms of rim protection uh, blocking shots even all just altering shots um and that's another thing i mean in that last game uh something that kind of confused me is is that the especially to start off the game golden State ran a lot of pick and rolls and they were kind of trying to get ad away from the basket um and they were getting Bunch of points in, in the paint, getting easy layups, and then they kind of started going away from that. Um, another, another question mark there. I mean, uh, I feel like this series has been kind of um, a lot of question marks from both sides. I feel like uh, kind of going away what from what's been working. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's been interesting, and then even just the uh, I know you kind of referenced it at the start there with Lonnie Walker. Um, but seeing him put up big points um, in, in that fourth quarter there. Uh, yeah, I
0: think that's just been the story for the Lakers too, is like guys like Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, my boy Rui. Uh, like they have <laughs> they have so many random guys that have just been able to like step up and deal out too. Like they just have so many guys that have been able to like fill in and be that like key third third player for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of the beauty of this Lakers team and like why I believed in them. Like, I know a lot of people. I mean, not that it was like a crazy pick. I mean, they obviously had LeBron and Anthony Davis. So, but like, I did like I picked them to win the finals going in, going into the playoffs. Mostly, I mean, maybe it was just optimism because I wanted them to win, but also like I did not believe they fully had a chance, and I think that's the main reason why is because they just have so many options that, given the right game, given the right circumstances, can't step up for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely been been the difference, I'd say, between Golden State and and the Lakers here. Uh, as we talked about, Golden State kind of really relying on Steph Curry and uh, his Steph shooting. Can't,
0: Steph can't close. Oh, yeah. for fourteen all time and last second, last second shots to tie and take the or last I don't know how many seconds it is, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: not clutch. Yeah. Max. Call- Max Cowan is right. <laughs> You want Igor to take that last shot. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it should be interesting. Game five from later today. We'll see mm-hmm. if they can close it out. Um, what do you think about the other series in the West? Phoenix and Denver.
1: Man, that series has been just just incredible. The offensive firepower on those two teams. I mean, every night just that's. I think it's been the most fun series to watch. Um, if you're not necessarily rooting for a team, I would say I know uh, some people have, uh, as yourself being a Lakers fan. You're obviously more invested, probably in that, that Lakers Warriors uh, series. But in terms of just uh, from a basketball like fan standpoint, I'd say the that Phoenix um, Denver series has been. It's just been great basketball both sides big names um incredible shot making on both sides i know on um, Devin Booker and um Kevin Durant uh on Phoenix and then Jokic and Murray on on uh on Denver so um and then also kind of those other other side pieces have been playing great so it's uh it's been a great series I'd say
0: yeah no I'm with you I, I just I think it's been like you said from like a pure basketball like entertainment standpoint it's been the but like the highest level of basketball I think mm-hmm. I think Denver's a team that I like obviously they're the number one team in the west for a reason of course but like I think during the year like they're one of my favorite teams to watch just watching Jokic and that offense operate like it, it's so unique and different than most of the offenses in the NBA but like just like so smooth and it's incredible the way they operate and then phoenix is really the opposite where it's just devin booker and kevin Durant just coming down the court and just creating buckets for themselves which is not as uh not as basketball purist as denver is but super fun to watch them just get their shots up. but the series has definitely changed a lot like my view of it like i thought after the first two games i thought denver was going to win in four or five like i thought it was I did not think Phoenix had a chance. I mean, Chris Paul went mm. down and DeAndre has been horrible. I mean, we can talk yeah. about that if you want, but I only, have hor- I only have no, I'm not surprised. He's so soft. Really? Uh, I, I don't like <laughs> him at all. He's been, he's always been a soft and a complainer, and he's just, he's not built for the moment. The Aussie legend, Jock Landell, has been better than him. He's been out playing him without a doubt. And it's not that he's more talented than DeAndre, and he just has more heart and more hustle.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been. Inter- I don't know. I I thought he was a great player coming out of college, and but I, I definitely could kind of see your stamp. I mean, definitely, I'd say one of the softer uh, centers. Um, pretty pretty scared of uh, by contact, uh, especially going up. I mean,
0: he's scared of everything
1: when you're going up against Jokic, who? Chu- in all of reality, isn't even that great, great of a defender. No. Um, but I think just whenever he's going up against the big, big, um, he he kind of gets a bit, a bit scared, and um, it's uh, it's shown in this he's series. So sure.
0: He's so soft. He looks like the strongest guy in the court, and he's too scared to go at anyone. But I don't know. I think Phoenix is going to lose in six. I think Denver takes care of business. Um right? Yeah, it's three two Denver. I think Denver takes care of business. Uh, they're just so much better of a team. And I think Booker and Katie are obviously like I mean they've both been playing, especially Booker. Like literally isn't playing the best best basketball of his whole career right now.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think
0: at the end of the day, Denver is the better and more complete team. And I don't I don't think they want this to go to seven. And I do think even Mm -hmm. if it goes to seven, they'll come back and win in Denver. But I think they take care of business and finish it. In game six,
1: sure, yeah, but Booker Booker really deserves all the credit because just from a shooting percentage, I mean, and then also the fact that he's scoring 40, 30, 40, 50 points a game without getting to the free throw line all that often, I yeah. Mean, I mean, he's just, been just pure offense and he has been been, like, been playing great.
0: It vintage, I mean, it's like mid range jumpers, fadeaways, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: all just like. Super fun basketball to watch. And I, I want to give him, I mean, I think after this series, win or lose, he deserves all the credit in the world. I think pretty much unquestioned at this point, probably the best two guard in the league. But I don't think, as much as I, as well as he's playing and as much as they have with him and KD, it's hard to win a series two on five.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, do you like Denver as well, or do you think Booker can pull it off?
1: I think, I think it's going to go seven. Um, just from the standpoint that it seems like the home team, I mean, has just been, has just had that edge in this series. I would say home teams won every game up until this point. Uh, so I think that, that trend is going to continue here. Um, but then I, I also have Denver um, kind of closing it out at home in game seven. I think, as you said, they're the more well-rounded team. Um, Jokic has just been playing great. Jamal has been, has been playing great. And, yeah, I think they, they close it out in yeah. game seven at home.
0: So sounds like we're mostly on the same page there. Mm-hmm. Uh, out East, Miami, Knicks. The series pretty much dominated by the Heat. I mean, the lone game. The Knicks are actually up at halftime right now by three but Miami's dominated I think that's pretty much one question the only game they lost was the game Jimmy Butler sat and frankly the Knicks barely won so I don't think we even need to debate who's going to win the series whether Miami wins tonight at game five or they go back to Miami I'm assuming both of us like Miami to advance in this series right
1: yeah yeah no definitely but Um... I just want
0: I just want to ask like what what do you think like for I think both these teams, obviously, it's interesting because it's a five-seed versus an eight-seed, which is very unconventional. But, like, mm-hmm. what do the Knicks need to do to actually become the contender? And then with Miami, are they... Like, do you feel like they can win the finals despite being an eight-seed?
1: Yeah. I mean, in terms of the Knicks, I think they just got to help uh, Brunson out here. I, yeah, I really feel for him. He's uh, putting it all on the line every game in terms of just the defensive, um, just the the heart that he puts out, um, game in and game out, um, and just to see kind of everyone else. I mean, R.J. Barrett has had some good games here, but I think Julius Randle is just not it. Um, he's had a few good seasons here and there, but uh, especially on the defensive side, I think he's he's really lacking. Um, so I think they just have to. Get some more pieces around brunson and in terms of the heat i think with eric Sp- eric spolstra as head coach they even with i mean tyler Hero's out uh jimmy butler has been banged up but eric spolstra i feel like always finds a way um to have his team win games and i think he's uh, honestly one of the most underrated coaches in in the nba um I think, yeah, I mean, both great. defensively I mean, and offensively, they they always look great each year. So,
0: yeah, I I think the Knicks are the Knicks are screwed. I don't, I don't know. I really wanted the Knicks to win this series too, because I I, got, I know some, a lot of Knicks fans. Obviously, my papa, Mister Arbubis, my boy Brian Camp. You know, I was rooting for them. I didn't really have a horse in the race in the East out here, so I wanted to see the Knicks do well, but. I think Julius Randle is officially falling to the fraud allegations. He has been horrendous in these two series, even the series they won. Like, like you said, he's not playing any defense. Like I, I've seen multiple clips of him, like the heater in transition. And he's just like sitting on the other side of the court. Like there was, a one, there was, yeah, there was one clip that he were on a fast break. They missed though. Got the offensive rebound and like reset, had the ball for like 10 seconds. And he never crosses half court. He never gets back into the frame. I think
1: I saw that same clip,
0: but they're, I don't know. They're another one of these weird teams. And I just think if you're the Knicks, you gotta be careful not to go too all in too fast. It's like, obviously I think they're good. I mean, I think Jalen Brunson's legit borderline all-star level player. RJ Mm -hmm. Barrett can be a good scorer, great role player type of guy. And then, I mean, I said Julius Randle's a fraud, but he's still a good good piece. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's an all-star, but he's like a very strong, like, borderline all-star, only level role-player type of guy, you know?
1: Yeah. But they
0: don't really have any kind of elite piece. And I just worry that they're going to, they're the Knicks, they're in the biggest market, like, they're going to push all their chips in after (laughs) seeing this run, and I just don't know. I, I just think this is more of a Tibbs getting the best out of an okay roster than, being close to winning an NBA championship at all,
1: yeah, no, that's I was just about to talk about Tibbs. I mean, that, that kind of surprises me. Um, with Tibbs being known as kind of this defensive mastermind, always pushing his players, trying to get everything he can out of them, and um, seeing kind of this lack of of heart and uh, on the defensive side uh, has been a bit surprising. Um, but I've always been a big, big Tibbs fan, especially when he was with the Bulls. I know he's been criticized a lot for his lack of, of winning in the playoffs. Um, but I remember just when he was on the sidelines, kind of the, the heart that he, he he showed. And you could really tell that he cared uh, for his players and for his team. So I think he can can try and turn this thing around um but i don't i don't really know where the knicks go from here um yeah I it don't might know. be kind of a similar situation as the bulls and they kind of um
0: the tips thing is weird because i think the, the way i described it is he is a floor raiser and not a ceiling raiser like he's good enough that he will make sure he will get people to buy in and he will get teams to not be bad Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure he can – he hasn't proven, at least to this one, that he can coach a true championship contender. And I don't don't know. I mean, obviously the Bulls, I think, could have – like, when there was peak D. Rose and he was there. But obviously, like, these Knicks rosters, like, they haven't been, like, talent-wise a team that you would think could compete for a championship. So they're in a weird place. I mean, obviously – like the Knicks are, in know, like I said, they're in a market where they can recruit someone to want to buy in and come play for the Knicks. But I don't know. I don't know if tips is the guy to get it done. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know how they get it done. I just think it's hard because you don't want to push all your pieces in and then be mm-hmm. screwed down the line. But also it, then that might be the only way unless they can get a free agent to come to New York. So it, it should be interesting. And then on the flip side, like you said, in Miami, I, I agree. I think Spolster is one of the best coaches in the league. I think he's proven time and time and again that you could do it with this type of team. You could do it with a super team when he had LeBron in them. And he, could, he did it before LeBron came. I mean, like, he's he's experienced almost like any type of situation in the NBA, which I think has proven his longevity and why he's so good. But I don't want to count out Jimmy and Spo against anyone. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a hard time thinking they can beat Boston or Philly. Because I will say, yeah. I mean, I counted them out against Milwaukee, just like pretty much everyone did. And I even thought the Knicks were going to beat them. Like, <laughs> looking back, that looks really dumb. But <laughs> I I, mean, I don't know. Boston and Philly, I just feel like are... Obviously, Giannis and them are good. But Giannis did miss half the series. I just think Philly and Boston, which we can talk about what you think is happening there in a second. But... I don't I don't know, I just think it's too much for them, but I'm not counting mm-hmm. them out. I'm not gonna say they can't win, but I'm not gonna pick them to be either of them
1: yeah no it's it's gonna be tough, especially with uh without Tyler hero and with a uh, banged up Jimmy, but
0: I just think the lack of depth has to catch up with them at some point,
1: yeah, yeah, no I think so it's I mean they've had a made a great run, but I think at at some point it's it's gonna be tough, especially with um Either either Boston or Philly, um, and how well they're playing, and the the firepower that they have on those two teams, it's going to be going to be tough to overcome. I think.
0: So what do you think about Boston and Philly? Obviously, I, I mean, I was shocked to see Philly go into Boston and take Game Five. I mean, I thought, I mean, Philly obviously they they win Game One. Harden goes crazy without Embiid, and you're like, okay, like I think that was kind of like okay, they have a chance in this series. Like I, I thought Boston. I thought Boston was going to win six or seven. Like, I thought it would be a good series, but, like, I thought Boston was going to handle them pretty well, mm-hmm. Uh, just, like, based on how they played in the first round. I actually originally, like, going into the playoffs, I picked Philly to beat them, but just based on the first round, I I flipped, lesson learned, don't. You got to stick with your gut on the original predictions, but I actually think my original predictions are, I think originally I picked Phoenix, Lakers. Um, I guess Phoenix is going to lose, but I picked Lakers and Philly. I don't know. I don't know. There's still a lot of basketball to be played, but Mm -hmm. regardless, I picked Boston, and then Philly wins game one, and I'm like, "Oh, this is a series all of a sudden." And they lose game two; they got killed. But you kind of expected that. Like, really, at the end of the day, if you're a road team going in the first two games, like you just want to split. Like, if you win two, that's unbelievable, obviously. But like, you're just trying to split, and like you knew Boston wasn't gonna just lay down and like you know they were gonna show up for that one. But then Boston mm-hmm. goes and wins game three. Easy, and you're like, okay, this kind of seems like it's over. I don't know. But then Philly ties it up. But then Boston sells some court, whatever. And then they win game five. And all of, a sudden, <laughs> they win again. all of a sudden, Boston's on the brink of elimination, which is like, I think going into this round, like with Giannis and them knocked out, like Boston was a pretty big favorite to advance out of the East and win the inning. They were the favorite to win it all. So yeah, like, I was surprised to see Philly get it done. My question is, do you think Philly can pull it off, or do you think they're in for another heartbreak?
1: Yeah, I mean, with with Embiid playing, playing how he's playing right now, or I guess if Embiid plays how he did last game, then I definitely think they can they can pull it off and and end it um, here in the next game. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see. What, what kind of production they get from james harden because he's also been kind of similar to ad on the other side just up and down up, up and down you never know what he's going to do um with that yeah. i mean, I mean I think the difference explosion is... game one and then the awful shooting games two and three i know i think it's kind of also based on just game plan and how what they kind of want him to do. Uh, I know ideally they want him to be more of a facilitator, um, but it's been it's been interesting to see how how different his game um, changes from one game to the next.
0: Yeah, I mean, Harden's been, yeah, like you said, like uh, game one and four, it was like vintage Harden, like some of his best shooting performances all season and games two and three, it was just like abysmal, like so bad. So I think that he just needs to figure out how he can contribute when he's not shooting the ball well. Mm-hmm. And I think, like in Game Five, I think the biggest thing is like he didn't have to, like he didn't have to score the ball like crazy. Like that was the perfect balance for him, where it's like he scored when he here and there, but it was Embiid was the number one option, and then Maxi was the number two option.
1: They had, yeah, they had Maxi too. Because
0: like if Maxi can step up like that, I feel very good about Philly being able to close out this series.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, no, I, I,
1: I think Max definitely going to be the X factor here if he if he plays well I think the Sixers could be any team and if he doesn't they're, they're gonna gonna struggle because um, I mean Embiid's gonna be Embiid but with Harden playing as up and down as he is uh, they might struggle to kind of find points um, if Maxi can't can't produce
0: yeah, I agree. I, mean, I think Maxi, I think he is the X-factor. Because I just think there's so much better of a team when Harden's playing like a true point guard and can be a facilitator. And obviously he's still James Harden, like he can score the ball. But mm-hmm. I think when you have Maxi as that other scoring option and you have Harden playing like point instead of trying to play iso ball, like I think that's a much better setup. Like Harden running pick and roll and then Maxi being a scorer off the wing. Like, I think that's that's your ideal setup. And I think if they can do that, I think they'll knock out Boston. And I, I do think they will. I think they finished the series against them.
1: Yeah.
0: In six. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they win it in Philly. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think if it comes back to Boston, I think they're going to lose.
1: Yeah.
0: I think they're going to play like they need to get it done at home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not calling it a must win, but it's not a must win. But it might be a can't lose. <laughs> you don't want to lose this game.
1: No. Yeah, I think it's as close to a must-win game as, as it gets. As, if they go back to Boston, it's going to gonna be pretty tough for them to to win it out. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say they can't win in Boston because they did it in game five. So they can do it. They could pull it off. I just would feel much better not letting Boston get that momentum right back and then having to go back into play in Boston. That just doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a good environment for them, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: you never know. So I, I think yeah. Philly gets it done in six. I don't know. What are you thinking?
1: Uh, I think I don't know. I think obviously having home court advantage is definitely gonna help them out, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Boston gets it gets that win in, here in Game Six and then closes it out in Game Seven. I might be taking Boston honestly. Yeah, so authority.
0: You gotta you gotta own your pick, you know. Yeah, you can't no, have no. A... Uh,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they they get that win in Game Six and then. Finish the down game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would certainly want to count them out, but I'm going back to my original pick. I'm going to, I'm going back to Philly. I think they get it done. But last thing before we close it out here, uh, obviously, almost in this conference finals for both these conferences, just I want your official updated finals prediction and champion before we sign off here.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll kind of go series by series so i think it's gonna be boston and miami um, representing east the east and then i have boston making to making it to the finals and then on the west i'm taking denver and the lakers and then having denver represent the west and i i don't know if this is me wanting them to win or me thinking that they can win but i have denver um winning it all
0: uh, i like it no I, I think Denver's a good pick i mean i think people don't want to pick denver because they're smaller market team i mean don't get a lot of national love like the lakers and celtics and all these other teams do but i think they, they certainly have a good chance i mean i think they might be the favorite right now i mean they looked at the they probably look the best of any team, like consistently so far in these playoffs.
1: What's your, what are your picks going forward?
0: I'm going Lakers Nuggets, and Philly Miami, and then I'm going Lakers over Philly. I think Philly's in for the third uh-huh. straight heartbreak of losing in the finals. The Phillies lost in the World Series to so the Astros. Eagles lost in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, and I think they got one more in them. Sixers. <laughs> Losing in the finals to the Lakers, sticking with the Lakers. I, until they prove me that I'm dumb, I'm rolling with them. But I do think I will say, I think whoever comes out of the West is going to win the finals. That's, my... but I don't know. I mean, Boston's really good. And so, I mean, they're both, they both could win. I, I earlier, I did think the East were the stronger teams. I mean, I think the West was just kind of a jumble of a bunch of solid teams and the elite teams were. Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly, but just the way the playoffs have looked. And maybe this is just the West teams being more competitive. So like they just seem stronger. And I don't know. But I I think Denver and the Lakers are gonna win. But I'm going with the Lakers. I'm sticking with my original pick. Don't want to shift off it. But I do think there's potential for I mean, there's so many potential like really cool finals matchups. I mean, obviously you could get the Lakers heat rematch. Lakers Boston, like the most historic rivalry. Mm-hmm. Lakers-Philly isn't that crazy. So maybe I'm wrong. Because maybe the, the NBA doesn't... There's not as much appeal in that one. <laughs> but then you could get Denver-Philly. Embiid versus Jokic in the finals would be awesome. Wow, yeah. Um, even the Suns still. Like, I mean, KD versus Boston would be cool. KD versus Philly. KD versus N- The Suns would be cool. And then, yeah. I mean, Miami. And the league probably doesn't want Miami-Denver. I don't think they want that. But... It'd still be fun. I mean, it's just seeing fresh faces in the finals. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like there's a great combination of seeing new teams in the finals, but then seeing like potentially like great matchups. Like even like if Golden State pulls it, up, comes back and like they play Boston again. Like that'd be cool to see the rematch of that. You know. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of a lot of good matchups ahead. Been a fun playoffs, and uh, I'm excited. And yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show, Mr. Oh uh, Yeah, no, thank you, Nate. Yeah, but I think that's all we got for today. Signing off.